0: perfect all right right. easy we're all good to go
1: that worked first time isn't that amazing
2: Hi,
0: and welcome to Slices, the Deep Dish Swift podcast.
2: Deep Dish Swift is a supreme Swift developer conference that's baking in Chicago. The conference is happening from April 30th to May 2nd. On this podcast, we'll be chatting with the organizers and speakers of the conference. We're Kaya Marlin, and in this episode, we're chatting with Paul Hudson, who's the creator of Hacking with Swift, an author, coder, and of course, a speaker at Deep Dish Swift. Hi, Paul.
0: Welcome, Paul. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm pretty tired. It's been a busy day with the kids today, uh, so I'm uh, at the end of the day now, <laughs> ready to flop and go to bed, <laughs> but we'll see. I'm, I'm sorry that at the very end of the day we force you to, to, to <laughs> <know>. into Discord. <laughs> and they've got a wall of really hard Swifty UI questions for me, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, no, I think um, I think we'll just start off with, uh, for people who, who don't know you, we, we want to just uh, get some of your background, but uh, we also want to go into a bit of detail of how you're like, what your day-to-day looked like, and we have a few things we want to chat with you about. But to get started, um, tell us where you're from and where you live.
1: So I am from all over the place. I think people assume I'm English based on my accent, but surprise, I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I'm half Irish, half Scottish. My mother is Irish. My dad is Scottish, fully. Uh, so I'm not at all English, but I sound English. So therefore, I'm from England. Uh, I live. In, I live in the southwest in a lovely little town called Bath. It's really pleasant, really green, really old. Uh, great for tourists and a great place to bring up kids and dogs, of course. Uh, and uh, I think we're, we're staying here forever at this point. It's just too nice to leave.
2: <laughs> well, that's awesome. How did you decide on Bath out of? All places how did you land there it, it
1: was about 19 years ago now we moved to bath um and oh, wow. it was for, it was for a job not even a coding job i moved to bath and uh, bath is viciously expensive the, the whole town center <laughs> is unesco world heritage um for the old oh, roman okay. stuff and it looks great yeah. but it's very very expensive to live here um but now we're here and we're like okay we could I've left the job, I could move somewhere else, but now the kids are at school, they don't want to leave school, they've got friends so it's, it's complicated to move now, so we are
0: kind of stuck here now is what we are. <laughs> all right let's let's assume no no attachments to anything. What kind of places do you have on your list of places you would find interesting to to live at?
1: Oh, to, to live realistically, yeah. not very many. you know it'd have to be <laughs> I'm, I'm very lazy, so it'd have to be somewhere English speaking uh-huh. uh, so it, and I, ideally. On the more gun-free side of life, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm thinking, kind of you know, Canada or Australia or even New Zealand. Realistically, though, it'll if it be anywhere, uh, it's probably Scotland. Somewhere in Scotland, yep. would be lovely. I'm a big fan of okay. Scotland. Yeah,
0: I mean Australia's nice too. I mean we're, we're biased. Australia's nice, Canada's nice, but uh,
1: nice. Really... They let you in <laughs> because it's amazing, right? You know. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah, but I do think the English-speaking criteria is, is always a big one for us, too. Um, it, yeah. it, it does help if you're able to communicate. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I,
1: you know, I, I, I believe Italy is God's own country. It's an amazing place with amazing culture, food, sights, wonderful people. And what I found is everyone around the world loves Italy Apart from Italians who hate Italy, <laughs> it's the most <laughs> corrupt country in the world. The government's bad. There's too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I could live there like three months a year somewhere
0: nice, yeah. like Sorrento or Venice. You know, on Venice, yeah. Verona, perhaps. Uh, somewhere yeah. lovely, you
1: know.
2: Hmm.
0: But yeah, speaking the, a speaking the language does help. It is – I lived in Sweden before I spoke Swedish for a while and that gets a little bit tricky when just normal <laughs> everyday interactions. People assume you speak the language and they talk to you and you're like – So
1: you're not Swedish? I can say hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were Swedish. <laughs> oh,
1: really?
0: See, you, you Canadian, and all really? the Swedes. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm German. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, what, but no, that's yeah, the you thing. Mean, like, I look Swedish enough that most Swedes were like, "Cool, let's let's just uh, speak Swedish to him for a while," and and then be confused why he looks so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've 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 met a lot of people who
1: say met people who say they're from, say they're from Germany, and I've really learned that. Germany isn't the simple country I thought it was. There's like <laughs> Berlin and there's Hamburg and
0: there's the rest of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very different places. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm from I'm from Berlin, but I lived a little bit all over the place. And then after high school I moved to, to Sweden to live with Marlin. Oh hmm.
2: And hmm. learn Swedish in <laughs> end, Because you, oh. you don't want to be in an awkward situation.
1: Scarby <laughs> oh. yeah. Snacker.
2: I don't know how you speak it. Oh, well, really confused
1: in? now. <laughs> I, yeah. So the, the main problem is trying to speak Hungarian, because my wife's Hungarian, and Hungarians are a uh-huh. very, 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 very hard language. And I tried for like six months, one-on-one Skype lessons. I got basically nowhere. It went straight <laughs> away. I could say lots and lots and lots of words, but the verb conjugation is an absolute killer. So. <laughs>
0: Man, we're wow. already completely off the rails here. We have yeah. we have yeah, a nice <laughs> outline of like things we want to talk about. Learning yeah. you. Cr-
2: <laughs> okay, no, I have a, I have, a, I have a segue here, very professionally. Uh, speaking <laughs> of languages, you've write a blog, or not a blog. You've write a big website called Hacking with Swift. Swift is a programming language. Uh, Nailed you it. How did I get into that?
1: Yeah. How did I get into it? Uh, I think in the way most people get into things, really ultimately, which is a lot of luck. A lot, a lot of luck. Uh being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, having some preparation, mm-hmm. having the confidence, or whatever to do stuff matters, but vast amounts of being in the right place at the right time by accident <laughs> is the answer. Uh and right. it, it wasn't really my plan to make money from it. I kind of just stumbled into it and thought, hey, this is this is quite fun, actually. And I really enjoyed doing <laughs> it. And what uh, it's, six, seven, eight years have gone by now. I've lost track how many years it's been. <laughs> I'm still doing it, still enjoying it very much. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going pretty well. But
0: Hacking with Swift was also not the first uh, journey for you into into technical writing, right?
1: Correct. So I came to Bath to take a journalism position at a magazine company here. And uh, they mm-hmm. do specialist magazines. They're basically are basically magazines for hobbies. If you like mm-hmm. guitars, you like cars, you like video games, they've got a magazine for you. And the magazine I worked for was a Linux magazine. So people yeah. who want to use Linux professionally. And I wrote for this thing. And I was doing tutorials about Ruby and PHP and you name it on, on Linux. And was, it was a brilliant job. I worked there for like eight years. It's a fantastic job. The world's yeah. easiest job in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they taught me how to do technical
0: writing. And how did you then get from there into, into writing for Swift? Because... There doesn't seem to be an immediate uh, overlap from Linux Magazine to writing about Swift. I think when people have been bitten by
1: the computer science bug, the coding bug particularly, <laughs> it never really goes away in my experience. People might say, I'll be, an, I'll be a pilot for a while, or whatever, but they, they still code in their <laughs> spare time. And so all the time I'm doing <laughs> Linux stuff, I was writing tutorials and reviewing stuff and news on articles or whatever. I was also building games for my xbox 360 or at a oh. time windows mobile was the big thing i was making apps windows mobile yeah, yeah. i was doing uh windows desktop apps web apps da, 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 all sorts of things you just never stop right i built android stuff mm-hmm. all over the place da, 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 da. and so when iphone came along i thought i can i can, I can
0: build apps for this brilliant <laughs> that was it that's, that's <laughs> it that's all it takes you know, I, can, I can hack this thing let's go um, at, the, at the danger of derailing this again <laughs> you build things for Xbox?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Microsoft, when they announced XNA, the uh, mm-hmm. yep. the, the new Xbox Experience NXE launch with XNA attached to it. And they made it really, yeah. really easy to build Xbox games. And it was just so much fun. They put a lot of power did... into the shaders behind the scenes. So you got extreme mm-hmm. performance, but very little code. And of course, back then it was like 2006. A, 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 a yes. wireless, it doesn't sound a while ago perhaps a while ago right a, a while ago um and uh, uh and back then it was wireless debugging from my windows laptop to my xbox yep. in the corner mm, it worked mm. really and that even today on Xbox that's a little bit flaky right, right. <laughs> so uh, it was working great for visual studio back then
2: uh, i always i always enjoyed looking at like dev tools for video games compared to uh, like ios development and that world, like it's it's gotten so far, and if you're looking at all the engines that you can use for game development, it's always very impressive yeah, to see you that. You know,
1: world. that's one thing I find challenging these days, and you'll have had this similarly when you were learning as well. When you're learning 10 years ago, or for me, hmm. 25 years ago now, um, <laughs> there wasn't a lot going. I had mm-hmm. next to nothing to work with. There was back then, I had no internet access. I had no software to work with. (laughs) I was getting free samples from magazine CDs on on the front of the magazines. Mm. Oh, I can install some trialware version of Visual Basic kind of thing. or I had a a DOS manual there I was trying to hack my way through. (laughs) Really flaky stuff, right? Um, And you make do. You make it work. You learn and you fight your way through. You struggle and you learn and you succeed and progress. Today, I've seen my nephew and my wife's Cousin? Second cousin? Anyway, younger Jack as well. Mm-hmm. Both eighteen. Both say, I want to do video games. I want to do Unity games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they get stuck for choice. They get this analysis paralysis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do I yeah, start? Mm-hmm. This tutorial is too boring. I'll jump ship to another tutorial. That's too boring. I'll jump ship again. Then mm-hmm. they don't sit down and fight their way through. Mm-hmm. And the fighting mm-hmm. your way through is what actually helps you progress and learn and shift yeah. things. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of glad because I'm terrible for like you know, shiny object syndrome, like, oh, what's what's (laughs) over here? You know, look at this thing. (laughs) Okay, I'll go down instead. I'm bad for that. And so learning in in isolation was really good for my brain. (laughs) And in fact, you know, actually years later, when I did my very, very, very first iPhone app, I did it on a Mm -hmm. train to my grandmother's house. And there was really obviously back then 2008 or so terrible Mm -hmm. mobile internet there was basically no internet on the train (laughs) so i had to sit there and fight with xcode and uh back then interface builder separate app back then uh and (laughs) fight and figure it out the traditional way for me which is it worked very well
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's also why people often have uh things like that they really productive on a plane, right? Because it's a lot harder to be distracted by shiny things mm-hmm. if you're if you're in in a tube in the air. So it's a well, lot harder also to also
1: to- for me, I find that because flying in general is so stressful, like going mm-hmm. through security, being in the airport yep. lounge, mm-hmm. wandering around, carrying a bag, it's not pleasant. Your your brain's on full alert anyway. No one's like relaxed at an airport. People yeah. drink <laughs> drink beer somehow at the airports, trying to try and get down to a normal level of excitement. But it's just your brain's stressed yeah. out anyway. So you're kind of firing in all cylinders regardless. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's perhaps the reason why as well.
0: Yeah. But uh, I also think that is why your 100 days of Swift UI works so well. Uh, or, or some people use, you know, uh, a lot of people in our industry started with CS193P, I think, Stanford's uh, iOS development course. And similar things like that. It helps you not get sidetracked because you have a goal every day. And that's mm-hmm. that's something that when, whenever I talk to someone that has a tendency of being like, I tried like 12 different frameworks and 12 different uh, development uh, things that I could do, that's when I recommend them something like uh, 100 Days of SwiftUI because it, it helps you stay on track for long enough for you to learn... Mm-hmm. Am I interested in this, right? Because it's really easy really? to there's so many shiny things. It's really easy. And I think that's usually a good trait of a developer or someone in our industry to be excited about shiny new technology, right? I think that mm-hmm. that makes you have fun with what you're doing when you're excited about and it what you're doing. It makes
2: you continue learning as well. I think if you if you have that interest yeah. of the new shiny thing, then you'll you'll always stay up to date with the latest thing. But in the beginning it will be yeah. hard.
0: But it helps to to stick with something long enough to be like, hey, I actually feel like I'm I'm somewhat competent at something now rather than having ex- uh, experienced a hundred things.
1: There are, there are two things I feel I see a lot in the 100 days program, uh, one of which is people who say, I'm starting 100 days with Swift, and I'm also going to sidetrack some other program, some other course, mm-hmm. another different iOS course <laughs> at the same time. Okay, and like, did you read the instructions at the very beginning? Because like, if you can't read the sort of three bullet point rules at the beginning, you're going to really struggle with 100 days of pages and videos and tests. Uh, and the answer is they, 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 they think they can double up or triple up and they'll learn faster. And That's just not how our brains work. We have to learn actively, researching, applying, then also passively, sleeping, you know, letting things percolate <laughs> in our brain while you're waiting downstairs for uh, food to cook, or whatever it takes time to do mm. both things around. It's it's very very hard. Uh, and I see mm. that a lot. People get extremely uh, frustrated with that. They they mm. try and triple up in it, but it goes wrong. Um, and please, please <laughs> don't do that. Please. You know, and, and the other thing is that um, in a in a non or less structured curriculum, and this is true of basically. I think every important skill ever, you can make a lot of progress very quickly. You can get a nice little, well, oh, this is a fun learning curve here. But often there's like a little little wall <laughs> where it goes and it gets harder <laughs> yeah. suddenly. Uh, and you're sort of faced with, I don't know, You're like when, maybe when you're learning English, you're like, you know, I mm. would like to have been. Like that's like a future past. <laughs> Perfect. But what is going on here like really confusing yeah. verb <laughs> that we might use sometimes or whatever and uh, you hit that wall and it's easy to get discouraged
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and in the course I'm able to structure it very clearly listen we're going to do this thing and I try and make it as smooth as possible I will tell you when the hard bits come like in yeah. clo- closures for example <laughs> unavoidable <laughs> Swift basically baked into Swift UI as you know uh, you've got to know about them at some point what they're doing and like yeah. this is hard it's going to be hard. You're going to find it hard. And if you find it hard, that's a good thing because it means your brain's working correctly. You're paying attention because it is hard. It's
2: just hard. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and that's kind of encouraging. So I'm saying, don't worry about it. It's yeah. not you. It's just hard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think closures is a, is a good example. We're talking to Daniela about that on the show. That, that, that was the thing for me that I just it took really long, like it took a while for me to just wrap my head around that and it really just looked awkward it felt awkward and like you had this the, the i did not have any other model of how that would be working from other languages so for me that took a long time to get over but then once i learned what closures were and how you could use them and how powerful they could be then I, you could look at my code and you could see what I wrote because there were closures everywhere. And I just really loved it. Mm. Um, and it's also this I, magical I
0: thing, right, in, in development. Once, once you make it past this point of like your brain doesn't want to understand it and then it does, all of a sudden it's like, this is trivial. <laughs> this is not a challenge at all anymore. And you just overcome this barrier and you unlock this entirely new powerful skill. The, the challenge then becomes explain it to somebody else.
1: Because what I found is when you explain like a monad to someone, you can say, well, you know, imagine you've got, you know, map and you've got flat up at the same time, whatever. And if people say, oh, you know, it's like a burrito or whatever, and you get explanation A, explanation B, C, D, E, F, whatever. And you think these are all nonsense. I don't get what monads are. They're awful. I got funk doors, not monads, whatever. Um, And then suddenly G happens. And like, ah, it all makes sense. But it wasn't that necessarily G was the right answer. It was a yeah. little bit of A, a little bit of B, a little yeah. bit of C. Yeah. Bit of it all puts <laughs> you in the right direction to understand G finally. Yeah. And so I mm-hmm. encourage folks to understand very clearly when they tell people, oh, yes, you're learning Swift. <laughs> I learned to Swift just by writing code. Cool, cool. that might have worked for you. That might yeah. be brilliant for you, but they might yeah. need a different solution or, or a combination yeah. of solutions. And that's okay, because we're all different yeah. deep down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's try to get this back onto our track. So you, you wanted to build iOS apps and then some, something, something, and then hacking with Swift. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, did, how did that happen? How did you start to, to write hacking with Swift?
1: so uh around 2000 and, I don't know, it's a while ago now right i'm getting too old for this um <laughs> 2010 <laughs> approximately i started a team at the company i was working for building ios mm-hmm. apps it might have been mm-hmm. fractionated it i was iOS four, whatever that was um and we were shipping apps for ipad and the company was a publishing company so printing magazines Mm-hmm. And we took mm-hmm. all their stuff and put it onto the App Store in time for iOS 5 to launch with NewStand. Back then, it was a long time ago now, yeah. I realize. But, yeah. uh, mm. And we made a ridiculous amount of money in, like, two weeks. We made, like, the entire company's annual <laughs> revenue in, like, pro- yeah. profit, sorry, in, in, in two weeks. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up being number one across US NewStand, UK NewStand. It was yeah. a ridiculous mm. money-making experience, which is great. And we grew and grew and grew yeah. and shipped more stuff um but then i started writing writing my spare time because i could i had the opportunity mm-hmm. 2014 swift launch i started mm-hmm. writing about it mm. but i had no plans to actually make it happen i was like i'd put it online I'm like there you go you can you can have it but it's not a job it's not like a full time mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. for me yeah and then when was I,
2: it something that you wrote for yourself no no. no it, was, it was
1: there you could go and buy a book if you wanted to Well, buy the book, I okay. the book at the time but mm-hmm. i wasn't in any way there was no free content there was no twitter about it there's nothing just a website on on Mm -hmm. existing Mm -hmm. and then when i left the company uh i was like well i've got to do a different job now what should i do i had a a senior position because we made a lot of money at this point they're like paul you can be a director of the company great i had a six month notice period (laughs) um (laughs) and they're like we're basically just go away have six months of gardening leave Mm-hmm. Uh, so i worked at home for like six months like well yep. about six months that's a very very good runway to do whatever i want yep. to do so i could mm-hmm. build some apps again uh, I, i've got a whole bunch of apps i've made in the past i could uh get a job in london perhaps i could maybe try this writing gig full-time see what happens mm-hmm. so i gave it a try and, and that was my first choice and it ended up being extremely popular and, and uh yeah. Again, it's been that having that runway is very, very unusual. Having six months yeah. of just here is a bunch <laughs> of money. go, was a, was just great.
2: Yeah. Huh. And, and then you started writing more, focusing more on the free articles, or did you write books at that so point? So
1: my my I've got an unusual approach to business, which is that basically I know how much money I need, uh, and as soon as I hit that. I'm happy to do whatever it takes to do anything else. So I'll I'll do free (laughs) stuff. I'll do charity stuff. I'll do volunteering, whatever. Over here, as long as as long as I've got Mm. you know roof on my head, my kids are going to school, they've got a car, house, whatever. Mm. We're not you know on on the bread line. um, Mm. Then everything else excess I can give away or whatever. Mm. That's that's my entire business plan. It's very simple.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's really that's awesome. And then how long did it take you? to get sort of, when did you feel? So you, so you sort of you left your job and you had that six months runway, um, and then you started writing. How did you feel? How long did it take you before you felt like, okay, this is writing, this is what I what I want to focus on in the long term, and you oh. sort of disregarded the other options.
1: Uh, about two months. Oh well, wow. I, <laughs> I, I released a book called Pro Swift, um, mm-hmm. which was. Huge! This is like 2015, 2016, where it was, fairly early in the Swift Swift years. Basically, here's all my code I've Mm -hmm. written. Can I pull it out and write about it? This thing, do this thing, do, do, and Mm -hmm. write about it into articles. I did that, and it was very popular, and people loved the book. And said, "Do some more." I said, "Okay, it's great. (laughs) I'll do a whole bunch more books." That was really easy. (laughs) Um, uh, Obviously, it gets harder because that was a fair chunk of my code at the time. Um, but you write new code and it becomes new articles and stuff. Mm. Um, but it was it was it was very quick because I, I, mm. I don't think folks understand. People say, you know, Paul, you're really productive. How how do you write so quickly? Or whatever. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I haven't got a real job. Like you know, <laughs> these people have developers around them and they're like they have to do code. Yes, but not a lot of code because mm. they also have to do things mm. like pull request review, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They have to do uh, Jira review and backlog (laughs) trimming and (laughs) one-to-ones and stand-ups and other meetings and emails. I have none of that stuff in my life. (laughs) I literally just write code all day and throw away what I don't like again, 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 until it's exactly the code I want to say, okay, this is it, and ship that to the world. And say, here's a good solution for, I think. And folks might see, oh, he's, he got it right first time. No, no, no.
2: <laughs> you're seeing
1: the, the, the 50th version of that code it took me quite a while to reach that solution. Um, but I like it, and it's good to share with the world. Yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite part of uh, what you're doing now? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I really like... I mean, I also know it's, it's a very stressful period. But around WWDC, all the, all the content that you're writing around that period. But do you have a, a favorite part? So you're, you're right. Obviously, Dub Dub is
1: stressful. It's gotten <laughs> better. Like, 19 was the absolute worst when SwiftUI shipped. <laughs> um, it was in person still before the pandemic. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And I published SwiftUI by example. Wednesday morning of Dub Dub DC week at about 3 a.m. in the morning, perhaps. So it's like Tuesday evening for me still. Um, yeah. I'd been yeah. writing frantically quickly. And, <laughs> and it, it's kind of thing I laughed about afterwards because like, oh, that's quite funny. But at the time, I, I should have been really, I was really stupid. Anyway, I, I, I basically worked around the clock all yeah. the time. I had I'd four sleep, wake up an <laughs> hour later, work, four sleep, wake up an hour later. Da, da, da. And uh, I i was downstairs. because My trick was staying above Dub Dub. Because there's mm-hmm. two hotels, Marriott and mm-hmm. Hilton, are above mm-hmm. the Dub Dub mm-hmm. conference space. So I was staying yeah. in the Marriott yeah. and uh, I was walking in there through the reception to get to my room between me and the event. I had two huge Starbucks coffees, uh, walked into someone I knew and said, she said, who's the other one for? I said, no, no, they're both for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the end of it, and I, I, this is absolutely true, and it's so embarrassing, but it's true. By about Tuesday at like midnight, I was genuinely hallucinating. I was seeing things. And my response was not, I should stop working. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. (laughs) I I can see things. This is cool. Um, So I, I really, really, really pushed myself hard, partly because I was going downstairs, finding a lab grabbing an engineer saying, I've got these 30 questions yeah. for you. <laughs> bang, 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 <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Upstairs, yeah. write it up. Because that way, when you're in that space, you know what it's like. You see them, you get a definitive answer. Here's the actual solution to your problem. Mm-hmm. Not maybe, yeah. not could be. That's what it does. Yeah. And yeah. When, when, you, yeah. when you do that, you're like, okay, I can now publish an article on this thing, which at that point no one knew about, Mm-hmm. And not be like kind of sure it's correct. I can be sure this is exactly the best solution to that problem. Not mm-hmm. guesswork. Mm-hmm. It is. It's been approved yeah. basically by Apple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was up, down, up, down, down, racing around, asking <laughs> questions. Around. It was frantic. And I'm glad I did it because it's benefited a lot of people. But it was damn hard work. It has gotten better obviously mm-hmm. 19 <laughs> was huge because combined shipped and so UI mm-hmm. shipped and yeah. SF symbol shipped and duh, 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 duh. you know, like it was like difficult data sources, right? It was brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant year of stuff. Um, and then, Obviously, it's been incremental since then, uh, which has been helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mullen, we were all set up that year, and Mullen spotted you from, from a distance. Like, I think that's Paul Hudson. And you were just storming from the lab, I think, back to the hotel room. Possibly. I guess it was, we, it was, we
1: grab him some other time. <laughs> it was that, or I was in the lab or waiting for a lab. And if I couldn't get in the lab, I'd sit down and wait for a lab position. And yeah. people people mm-hmm. would come to me with their UI questions. I had a, a little mini lab about me answering their questions while I was waiting to ask my own questions answered because um, no one knew about it. It was I mean, the, the mm-hmm. docks were mm-hmm. terrible at the time, basically yeah. empty at the time. Um, it was it was pretty grim. So that that is busy. That's not my favorite thing about what I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a horrible thing. I will never do it again. I'm too old for that now, quite frankly. Um, honestly, what I do now, because I have so much flexibility, I'm, I've, I'm bringing back a verb in English, which is used very rarely these days, which is to summer, to summer. And we use it to say, I'm going to summer somewhere. And so okay. I can, I'm now able to work anywhere in the world. Yeah. And I don't mm. want my kids to be... T- T- you know shackled to this town because mm-hmm. uh they want to go to explore the world and so last year we went to florida for four weeks we're mm-hmm. going awesome. i'll work in the yeah. evenings we can go out and have fun in the daytime like we normally do but in the evenings i can do mm-hmm. my emails mm-hmm. and writing yeah. and mm-hmm. it's it's fractionally costs more than being here but not a lot because yeah. the flight's the main thing mm-hmm. and yeah. after that it's basically amortizing over the four weeks you're there Yeah, cost of living yeah so, mm-hmm. exactly so mm-hmm. so that was last year this year we're going to japan for five weeks um, oh, wow, that's cool. cool. And the same plan. Basically, kids and me explore daytime, have fun, you know, to see, they see the world, hmm. try Japanese. And in the evenings, I can do emailing and yeah, catch up and stuff. So that's, that's my plan. And that's
0: oh. the best bit about it. Complete flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> Very different from, <laughs> from hallucinating. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you decide where to go? Because now when you're so flexible, it almost is hard, right? Similar to where do you start learning development? Now you have the entire world open. You can go wherever you want. How do you decide? So uh it kind of happened originally because thanks to the pandemic. But before the pandemic,
1: I'm I'm flying regularly for conferences and I'm doing stuff and I, I thought, mm. you know, I'm I'm gonna get myself one of those American Express flight rewards cards. Mm-hmm. So I fly so often I'll get a flight reward. Get the flight reward card. The pandemic happened straight away. Of course it does. But then two years of not flying. Builds up points, builds up points. I like, got oh, a ridiculous <laughs> mountain of points <laughs> to spend now. So I'm like, yeah, let me load, load this map up of where I can fly in the world. So, in, for example, Easter, we're going to Canada, not in your part, sadly, we're going to mm. Eastern Canada, Toronto. That's um, uh, it to, for two weeks. we like, we've got three points, let's go to Toronto. <laughs> so, so it's more or less looking at maps saying, hmm, where yeah. do we find sticking to kids today? you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. All right, back on track. Um, you're. You're obviously a speaker, Deep Dish. I am. Uh, so we're going to talk about what are you going to what, what are you going to do, Deep Dish? <sighs> oh, you want spoilers? It's
2: okay if you it, it's okay if you don't know yet.
1: <laughs> I do know. I do know. Uh, I suspect it might catch folks by surprise. And originally, I said to Josh, just, just just like you know, Paul, what do you want to talk about? I said probably 50 Let's face it, right? <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with 50 um, But then afterwards, I'm like, you know, Josh, could I could I you haven't like put an agenda out yet of exact time slots. Mm-hmm. Could I have mm-hmm. the final talk of the final day? Could I provide a closing mm-hmm. keynote? Mm-hmm. He said. He said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, go for it." So he's uh, he gave me permission, a blank slate, a non-technical talk, <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, it's it's going to be. I, th- I hope it'll make people think a little bit about the state of our community. Um, we'll see. It's a All
0: gamble. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's a gamble. <laughs> That sounds very... This is perfect because a bunch of people listening to this uh, podcast not being sure if they should come. So just having this (laughs) kind of enticing, uh, life-changing talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: look, I mean, so uh, not last year, I took a year off, but the previous three years I ran a conference uh, twice online because of COVID, once in person, Mm -hmm. uh, called Hacking with Swift Life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was entirely... For charity, I didn't get a cent from it. All the money went to charity, and uh, it. When I I did that for a reason because people obviously are in desperate need of, of uh, support and help, and particularly right now with the cost of the living crisis happening. It's more important mm. than ever to do some support. It's back this year, by the way, in, in July. Oh, awesome. that's a little a little bit of promo for you. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, um, and very often. Particularly in the iOS community, because the cost of entry is so very, very high. Your MacBook Pro, your mm-hmm. iPhone, your mm-hmm. iPad, your AirPods, Macs, mm-hmm. we about it, it, it. you've got to be fairly well off to even think about getting into iOS development. Because mm-hmm. the Chromebook's there to get into Android or web, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you want to get the expensive route, use MacBook Pro, whatever, it's expensive, mm-hmm. right? So we already have quite a lot. We just do. You know, the iOS developers are well healed, mm-hmm. well off, You know, they're, they're well paid posh devices yada yeah. yada they're not, they're not they're not lacking for anything quite frankly and i've been to some events around the world and spoken at these events and they're lovely events but you see well you know ticket prices 400 bucks 500 bucks mm. but don't worry mm. as part of that we're going to go out on a massive drinks cruise on the river there'll be like nitrogen ice cream there'll be performances there will <laughs> be like do you, these people already have a lot Like, they're already very Mm. wealthy people comparatively to most developers out there. They're above the average Mm -hmm. in terms of pay and expenses. Mm. Do they need more? And my answer bluntly sorry folks is no we really don't there are people out there who currently are homeless who need the money significantly more than we do and so uh i try to raise money and so this event we've we've raised over a hundred thousand dollars over the last three years it goes to Mm. it goes to a really really niche charity in the past three years i'm changing this here different charity but the charity is called special effect they do beautiful work Mm -hmm. they they produce video game hardware for profoundly disabled children if you can, mm-hmm. like, move only one eye or your eyes, mm-hmm. they'll help mm-hmm. make a controller for you. So you can play games with your friends mm-hmm. and family and actually have fun mm-hmm. and bring joy and confidence. They just do just really heartwarming, amazing, mm-hmm. life-changing stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. amazing. Yeah. This That's year, incredible. I'm going more towards the local homeless shelter because, obviously, the crisis mm-hmm. is very serious right now mm-hmm. with money. And so I'm mm-hmm. sort of going towards mm-hmm. the bigger causes right now. Mm-hmm. But this is so I'm a big believer, in, and this is the talk. This will yeah. be the talk, somewhat, that we already have enough. Quite frankly, mm. we, and, and mm. it's great doing things to help our community and raise our community up, and da, 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 and yes, get your swag and so forth. But mm. we've got enough. We've really, really got enough. Mm. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, and you, you also a lot of your live streams are also for charity. I know every every year on your birthday also do yeah yeah a special live stream for that
1: yes so um that was that's that's for the local homeless shelter um that's my birthday's live stream that's quite fun uh last year i did a, a full day conference because uh my kids go to a, a school that has boarding facilities you can stay there you can live mm-hmm. there they don't board if they live locally but you can board there and mm-hmm. uh, two Afghan girls reached out saying, listen, they've shut down education in Afghanistan for girls over the age of 11. We cannot mm-hmm. get a schooling here. Can we come to your school? Mm-hmm. And the school were like, well, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll give you a free spot in the boarding house. We have no cash to pay for flights. So I ran this event. Mm-hmm. We raised £20,000, what, $24,000, whatever it is. To get flights mm. for these two girls to come to the UK every year to see their parents yeah, off go home yeah, again. Because yeah. it's and, and it's, it's like I know it's like two girls. It's not like world changing, but for those two girls, mm. it's huge. They now have an yeah, education. Yeah. They now have a safe, yeah. quiet, peaceful in it's very boring in a good way. It's a great place to be. Yeah. It's peaceful and green and nice and encouraging and warm and friendly. And for those two, it's hopefully life-changing. So that was that
0: that was last year's um big mm, fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But now, when we're already speaking of all the great things you're doing, you're also um, in the work. <laughs> <laughs> you're also in the diversity and Swift uh, work group, right? Uh, do you want to tell us what that is about for people who might not know about the diversity and Swift work group?
1: So, full disclosure: I have just stepped down because we agreed a two-year term. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone's mm-hmm. on the committee for two years, and it is two mm-hmm. years now. So, I have just <laughs> stepped down. Um, but yes, it, that was a it's a. It's, it's a great thing. It's not exactly everything I want it to be yet, but it might still be in the future. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a reflection of the broader problem of the Swift community is actually surprisingly less diverse than you might expect in other communities, like in the web community, for example, mm-hmm. which again, it might mm-hmm. be an economic thing, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it's less diverse than you'd expect, which is a shame. And particularly some parts of our community where you should be able to go and meet people and hang out, are actually the least kind of places you want to go. For example, the Swift forums. Many, many mm-hmm. people never go to the Swift forums because they're kind of aggressive. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you'll, be, you'll be proved wrong very publicly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it will be a quite unpleasant mm-hmm. experience sometimes. And they just don't go. And that's a real mm-hmm. shame. And so the mm-hmm. first thing we did was roll out these little groups. We can go and uh, meet folks inside the group you identify with. And mm-hmm. it was a small change. It mm-hmm. hasn't necessarily worked particularly well, but it was a step forward to try things out. We did some online mm-hmm. meetup groups. We did like a, a trivia thing twice at WWDC. We re- launched a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. there's so much more to do. There's so much more to do. It's just like, I feel like we're just chipping away very, very slowly, <laughs> like a little toothpick at a very, very, very big mm-hmm. problem. And it needs to happen a hundred times faster. Uh, and, Honestly, the problem is, again and again and again, sorry to pick on you, Kai, um, that uh, people like Marlin, who are talented and are able to speak and da-da-da, get given most of the work Of getting other folks into the thing like oh yeah you should go on stage get more women on stage it's like well she's kind of busy doing her main coding job already you know and what we need is more bluntly uh kais (laughs) more 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 white dudes saying hey listen this is wrong we've got serious problems here we've got to do Mm -hmm. better and uh, i want Mm -hmm. to encourage more people to get involved in that movement
2: yeah I I was curious if you feel like having having something like a company like Apple backing this type of initiative. Do you think that is um, like the better approach of getting the word out there and getting more diversity into uh, in in the industry, or do you feel like it's more on individual? Like, should it be more spread, and should it rather be something that's established? Like what do you do you, personally? Do you feel like have you seen an approach that speeds things up? Um to get more diversity?
1: If it weren't for one person, and I won't say her name, let's just call her Bolly Haller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it weren't for Bolly, I don't think diversity in Swift would still be going. And she wouldn't like me saying that. She'd be like, oh no, it's community effort, everyone's working harder. Da-da. But she goes above and beyond again and again, and again, and again, mm. again and again, and again. And like, mm. Even when I'm, like, getting tired or I'm missing messages or mm. missing meetings, with her, she's like, you know, Paul, can you help with this? She's keeping mm. us in track. She's, she's helping mm. lead as well as take part and, and, and make things happen, mm. Um, mm. which is astonishing. And she does, of course, hugely complicated work as well <laughs> for <her>. uh, Apple. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I can't imagine how exhausting that is for her to do. I'm very mm. grateful that we have her around, but it shouldn't be like that. We mm. need more folks stepping up. The problem is most folks don't step up. I don't, I don't just mean for diversity in Swift. I mean anything in Swift. If you look at like the the website working group, which I was part of for like six months, I stepped mm-hmm. down again last month. Um, a handful of people take, take part in that to drive mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. Swift.org website. You'd think there's a million developers. Yep. Yeah, and there's like six of yeah. us in this yep. room. This is really quite strange. No one else wants mm-hmm. to get, take part. And this is not uncommon. Like, you know i'm very busy i i run the pta at my kids school Mm -hmm. the parent teacher association Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. same thing there there's 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 like a a thousand or kids or eight or kids at the school whatever it is and there's like 15 people in this room helping organize everything (laughs) and that's just how it is people go don't worry they'll take care of it it'll be fine i'll just sit back and enjoy it And, (laughs) and that's not how life
0: works
2: what were you gonna say guy
0: what was i gonna say Oh, yeah. I think there's also so much uh, people can do in local communities, right? Local mm-hmm. meetups, I think, is a great place for... I think online things are great, and I think they have a very broad reach, but local communities are often more approachable. Like, that's mm-hmm. how we got into Like, Marlon and I, how we got into mm-hmm. the iOS or Apple platform development community was through local things. There was just some some people organizing something locally. We, we went to it and it was very welcoming. Uh, and I think there's so much people can do. Even if 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 I feel like online things are sometimes pretty because they have such a big reach, it can be a lot more intimidating. I think there's so much that that can be done in local communities. Mm-hmm. To to like we host a coffee meetup, an Apple platform developer coffee meetup. It's very little mm-hmm. overhead for us to say we go to this coffee shop and everyone is welcome to join. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are so many things to get get people together to talk and hopefully other things. Uh, and and uh, develop out of that, but I think there's, it, it people generally can can accomplish more than it might seem uh, by, yeah. by small tasks that all lead up to something very impactful.
2: Yeah, and I think you. It's it's not only about um, like for me. I feel like it's not only about uh, if if you're a person who feel like you can contribute. I, I know what you mean, uh, Paul. That it is it is a lot. It is a lot of work too prepare a talk for every conference in order to show like for me as a woman it it is a lot of work if I would go to each conference and talk at each conference and I love I love doing that but it is uh, it is quite a lot of work that I have to put in but I do feel what I notice is that another thing that I can do which is a little bit more um, approachable is to actually go to those meetup groups locally and participate with the rest of the participants not necessarily have to be the main speaker, rather be there ask questions and feel like I feel like that has that started out for me uh, being super helpful in our local communities. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that I was at Sydney Cocoa Heads and I started being a little bit involved I was not like the main main organiser but I was around and then I noticed that there were a lot more women starting to come because mm-hmm. they saw other women being there in the first place. I think that can be helpful without you having to feel like it's a huge task. It, it, I think every little bit can already encourage people and see, Oh, there is a person there who, uh, I, who I recognize is as asking questions and I, uh, associate with that person. I think that can already be, uh, a step on the way, uh, to just try to be a part of the, of the community in a, in a more approachable way One
0: is also underselling herself. She was one of the organizers. It sounds like you—you you just happened to be there. <laughs> you, you were yeah. one of the organizers of the <laughs> I, I, I ended one up of the largest more more iOS but... meetups in Australia.
2: <laughs> but it didn't start that way, and I think I think that, that that's why it felt more approachable to sort of ease into it. And there there are lots more of opportunities to get involved,
1: and mm. it doesn't need to be getting on stage. You know, I did a, a little panel at a conference l- two months ago now. Um, and it was, a, it was talking about, one of the questions was, so, um, so how, how can people get into creating content? I'm like, mm-hmm. I hate the term creating content. People say, mm-hmm. I want to be a content creator. No, you don't. No one wants to be a content <laughs> creator. What you want to do, if you want to teach someone Swift that's mm-hmm, a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do that if you want to show some interesting techniques and share some code that's thing you can do but creating content is just bland meanlessness to try and get clicks on on uh tiktok or whatever yeah. and it's depressing but it doesn't need to be that way because as you saw the, the coffee thing in, in vancouver I, I first saw it in, mm-hmm. in peer lab from ash Furrow in new york i went to a peer lab mm-hmm. in amsterdam and again it's just come along bring a laptop mm-hmm do some coding in the same areas other Mm -hmm. developers doing Mm -hmm. iOS stuff. And if you want to ask questions, if you're stuck, you want to show off what you've made, they're right there. But it's Mm -hmm. so low key and it's not formal. There's no Mm -hmm. stress. You haven't got to talk to people. It makes it much, (laughs) much easier.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Another thing I I did want to mention as well is that if you, um, something that I have found helps women come back as well is to also if you notice that there's someone new to the group, um, like if if they feel a bit shy or they they are maybe not feeling as comfortable, reach out to them after the meetup and send a message saying, "Hey, was great to see you there." And then I think that has always that has helped a lot of our attendees to just feel welcome that they were acknowledged that they they were part of the group. And- yeah,
0: every time we notice someone being extra shy, you know, you also don't want to push it when someone is just joining for the first time and feeling uncomfortable. But we always try to reach out to people afterwards and just saying, "Hey." You know you didn't speak a lot, but we we really appreciate that you came out uh, and joined us. Well, and that, they, they,
1: they might thrive in one-to-one or two-to-one, whatever happens to be, mm-hmm. as opposed to 20-to-one, which can feel yeah. intimidating, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> Shall we get to our rapid-fire questions?
2: Let's do it. All right. Um, so this is uh, meant to be sort of like icebreakers for people who want to come up and talk to paul at the conference um so we're gonna ask you just some sort of some questions but then we also have a two truths and a lie segment later and we don't want you to reveal which ones are the truth and which ones are the lies but we'll get to that okay um first question though is what your favorite ios app is and it can be like any it can be like a oh, oh like first generation iphone app it doesn't have to be one that exists today
1: well, if, if, if it's not an app, but I, if something's gone away, I, I choose the old wallet delete animation, the shredder animation. I love that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, I love that <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very nice. It's, it's, that's when the joy was in iOS development, right? My favorite right. app, honestly, it's cheating, I think, is Apple's Photos app because um, oh. of one particular thing. It's, and, and most folks don't even see it. In the Photos app, if you're looking at, say, uh, your uh, date stream right now in years or months or days, and you're swiping through, as you swipe, you can change to days or months, and it keeps the momentum in place, yeah. smoothly scrolling while also animating between days, months, and years in all photos. It's a glorious feature. That plus <laughs> searching for words like dog, house, Iceland, yep. whatever you want to, is beautiful. I recognize it's cheating. Apple's first partner the app. Uh, if it wasn't that, it'd be fantastical.
0: Lovely app. Who Two great picks. Um, yeah. For your... <laughs> uh, and how about Mac? What's your favorite Mac app at the moment?
1: Anything by James Thompson. So P- <laughs> Peacock, Dice by Peacock, even about by Peacock, they're all beautiful, beautiful things. In fact, when I'm really, really bored, if I'm somewhere out in the car, whatever, I'm not, not driving, but I have my phone on me, whatever, the little Dice by Peacock on my watch is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just di- <laughs> get the button the Dice and bored, you know, it's a little fidget spinner, basically, on my, w- my wrist. Yeah, uh, yeah that's really great. cool.
2: Yeah. Um, so, you already have two disassembled iPhones in your background. I so do, yeah. You might already know the answer to this, but the question is what's your favorite iPhone ever made?
1: Neither of those. <laughs> no? That's All why you right. disassembled them. <laughs> 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 uh, so, no, there's, there's an iPhone, for folks this podcast who so can't see this, there's, there's an yeah. iPhone behind me and an iPhone X behind me. It's neither of those. My favorite iPhone ever made is the iPhone 4. Uh, when it went to the no. sort of the slim flat bezels for yep. the first time, you got retina screen for the mm-hmm. first time. It was genuinely an amazing device. You thought, wow, this is the future. And even today, the iPad Pro design, you know, the flat iPhone, flat iPad Pro, I hope it stays around longer. I love that design yeah. so much.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, although, if I can squeeze it really fast, it's the, it's the current, I bought an M2 iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sorry, Apple, I actually hate it. <laughs> I actually. Why is that? I skipped the M1. I didn't think it'd be a uh-huh. big trump. I was mm. wrong. <laughs> I should have switched, but I didn't, I didn't switch. I was. I came from the A14 Z, where mm-hmm. it was the one before that, the last mm-hmm. non-M, mm-hmm. IPad non-M yeah. Pro, and the new one has that awful, uh, like a blossoming on the screen effect. Mm-hmm. You know, it has the, okay. the what do you call the the light areas they have the, the yeah, yeah, lighting yeah. zones. Yeah. Yeah. and if you draw like it, if you have a black screen, there's an actual glow around things on the screen. It makes watching TV sometimes quite uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's visually kind of it's a blurry, like it's kind of smudgy through vaseline mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. It's not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I hope whatever they do in the next iPad Pro, they fix the damn screen because I I thought actually wait <laughs> a minute, I gave my old one to my daughter. I'm like, hey, do you want to have the new one? I have the old one because <laughs> I, I, it, it disgusts me so much seeing the screen.
0: Uh, what huh. what are we waiting for? What's the next micro led micro LED? Yeah, That's yeah, the one like that, that should yeah. solve all the problems.
1: I hope so. And people say it could, be, it could cost more. Look, it's it's disgust. Or it's two hundred pound more. Fine, just take the money. I, I, I feel I, it's a great device. Otherwise, I love it. Amazing yeah. speakers. Love the shape. It's so thin. It's a remarkable device. But the screen, mm. it is yeah. genuinely like <laughs> glows around. Like, like in notes, draw a white line a black background. It glows. It looks wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Hmm. A favorite food item.
1: <laughs> so this is. So Super localized. I'm not sure how far these exist elsewhere. I guess a version elsewhere. Um, they're called Little Moons in the UK. They're a brand and they're mochi balls. Oh, okay. um, yep. So, ah. like, you know, chewy rice flour mm-hmm. dough. Yep. But they have ice cream inside and they're frozen, obviously, because ice cream is inside. And mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. take them out of the freezer, you leave them five minutes to defrost slightly, and they're just so slightly melted and they're just incredible. And they're vegan too, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, they're delicious
0: eat those oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: sounds really, uh, yeah, yeah, now I'm really up for good. those.
0: Yeah. Um, we also added one new question. I don't know if it's going to work. You, you're going to be the guinea pig. Um, have a guess of how <laughs> is, is many about apps... Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're a double guinea pig, I guess. Um, have a guess. How many apps do you think you have installed on your iPhone? And then go to settings and look how many you actually have and tell us. Uh, have a guess. I'd say two hundred, maybe. Okay, okay. And now have a look. How many you actually have? I'm curious. Looking. In, how do you know? Is there a way of telling in settings? Yeah, you can go to settings, um, yeah. and then you go to general and about, general. and then tell you how many apps you have installed. Two five one. All right. You you were not. Well, I that's you were pretty close. close. It's okay. Yeah. It's I okay. Think so Mon-
2: so I, I when Kai and I did this before. I guessed eighty, and I had six hundred.
0: <laughs> yeah, one was off by one order of magnitude.
1: <laughs> so I'm, I have the iPhone upgrade program. I Change up iPhone every year, and um, yeah. I'm usually a cheapskate because I have iCloud, you know, two terabytes, or whatever. I don't, I don't normally go for a big iPhone. I go for a smallest mm-hmm. iPhone around. Mm-hmm. I normally choose the one, two, eight gig iPhone. This year I've got a two, five, six because mm-hmm. of the up, mm-hmm. the upgrade program. I went through the thing. I they ask you questions, yada, yada, yada. I said, can mm-hmm. you make sure I have the iPhone Apple Care Plus with theft and loss? They said, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. Mm. But they couldn't find the option. So they clicked past by accident, went all, all the way through, checked me out completely, got the iPhone, said, is there theft and loss? No, there isn't. Okay, I'd like theft and loss and they couldn't add it retrospectively. They had to hand back the old iPhone to be recycled. Oh no. Old <laughs> iPhone 14 Pro Max 128 gig, and it be a new iPhone, the 256, it wasn't out 128 at this point, point. a new 256 megabyte iPhone. It, I felt really bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that is.
0: Huh. And that was through Apple directly, and they couldn't just yeah. add it?
1: In the Apple store. It was a, it was a
0: really hard
1: option to find, and the mm. worst thing is, mm. because my daughter has the same upgrade program, she went through it first and also failed at get a program. Like, make sure Look, they got it wrong. Don't do what they did. And they did the <laughs> same thing again. Like, no, that
2: oh, no. was
1: so wasteful. They don't sell them again. They have to hand them back to Apple to be cleaned up and rewrapped yeah. and checked yeah. and blanked. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so it's complicated and messy and um, mm. stupid.
0: Mm. <laughs> All right. All
2: right um, Last question. Then...
0: Josh is going to be angry yeah. because he, until this point, had the longest episode record, and I think you just crossed that bar. So,
1: I do talk quite quickly, so though. I th- go a lot slower. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the last question is: um, What are your two truths and a lie?
0: And you don't want the answers to this? No, that is the idea. Is that people can think about it until until April when they meet you at a conference and tell you what they think. It's a it's...
1: all they ever do is say oh i love your dogs <laughs> That's all they ever do. <laughs> although they also say can i have a selfie which is fine but at least tell me your name first like tell me who you are first <laughs> no, it's a bit, hi paul like cool you know me but who are you like just, just shake hands kind of thing you know i don't know uh all right two and a lie. okay so uh here you go uh number one before getting into app development My specialism was women in ancient Greece. Okay.
2: (laughs) All right. Possible.
1: Second thing, both my parents are church ministers. And the third thing, Mm -hmm. I volunteer at my kid's school teaching the girls their app development with
2: Swift. Cool. All right. And where can people find you online? Uh, I think people
1: I think most people most heard of your website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh I'm two straws, the TWO straws on Twitter, on Stack Overflow, on Reddit, on Mastodon.social, basically everywhere that I care about. I'm two straws. Uh, fairly <laughs> uncommon name, fortunately, at least, so it's basically mine wherever I go. In fact, I feel, oh, I, feel, I, feel, I feel annoyed. I feel agreed if I go somewhere and someone's had two straws already. Who the you getting two straws? That's what you- happened. <laughs> it does. I does. I think I'm like oh, I'm wow. two straws on Instagram. But I think I'm like Mister Two Straws on TikTok or something because someone else got there first. I'm like, who has? <laughs> uh, well, anyway, big world, eh? <laughs> I'm easy to find as a short version. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we'll have, we'll have links as well so people can find you Great. um in the show notes. um But thank you so much again for uh, for joining us, Paul. We're really looking forward to seeing you in Chicago.
1: Thank you for having me. Look forward to being there and trying the pizza, of course. <laughs> I mean, I've not been told yes. how great this pizza is. It better be very, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> have you had deep dish
0: pizza before? Uh,
1: I have had it in the U.S., but never in Chicago. never been to Chicago before. And so, you know, what you get is Chicago pizza in New York yeah. or in Florida is probably not yeah. Chicago pizza. Yeah. Uh, but I have <laughs> been to Naples and had actual Naples pizza, and that's very, very good. So that's quite a high bar to cross on that front. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super curious because it looks like it's it's a lot of cheese,
2: which... In general, how many slices do you think you can have?
0: <laughs> Probably one.
2: <laughs> oh, wow, you're very realistic. Everyone <laughs> tells us like two is the limit. I'm like, ah, uh, I'm sure.
0: Molly now sure has a unpack. personal challenge that she can finish three pieces because no one believes she can. And her natural instinct of whenever someone doubts Marlon, Marlon's like, "All right, I got it. I got to prove you wrong." I don't know if it's a good <laughs> idea for pizza. Usually, it, it it fares pretty well for you. For pizza, it will be yeah. an interesting challenge.
2: Yeah, will be good. You can eat three All pieces. Right.
1: Should you eat three pieces? The other question. <laughs> <laughs> We can answer that after Marlon had her third piece. As long as you have your phone ready, because it could be some serious
0: YouTube gold which throws up everywhere, you know?
2: (laughs) Nah, it will will be fine. Uh, I'll enjoy it.
0: All right. With that, thanks for listening to DeepJ Swift. Um, Slices. That's what the podcast is called, slices. Yeah. (laughs) Um, DeepJ Swift is being served in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd. Uh, All the links are in the show notes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. And we see you all at the next episode. Bye. All
2: right. Thank you. All right. Whew.
0: We made it through Discord. and Good outro. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. After, after our initial troubles, I think it's been pretty smooth. We saw you clearly. Audio it was worked. perfectly.
1: Well, yeah, Safari seems to work better than the actual app. <laughs> Turns out somehow, I'm not sure how. <laughs>